Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. Canon Films presents an outstanding lineup of films for 1986 and beyond. Major filmmakers, major stars, major motion pictures. Next, Sylvester Stallone hits the road in an 18-wheeler and heads out to become a world-class champion. This time, he's fighting with his bare hands and going over the top. Oh yeah, that's right. You hear that, you know you're in for some fun. This is the <laughs> this is the first episode of Cannon Fodder, where basically the entire premise is we're going to be uh, uh, dipping in and out of uh, in this subseries kind of quote unquote of just canon movies. We're going to pick a, a canon film at random. Actually, the way we pick this one is probably the way we'll pick them all in the future. We all all four of us selected a canon movie that we wanted to watch. We spun the wheel over on Deadline Horror News Live. And then, you know, we eliminated three movies, and then the final one standing was the one that we uh, are going to be talking about today. And so the last one standing was Over the Top, the Stallone Canon Classic from 1987. Um, our other choices that got eliminated, which I'm sure will get back on the old uh, uh, Canon wheel, you know, sooner or later, were Masters of the Universe, um, Life Force, and the Chuck Norris Classic, Invasion USA. All huge Canon classics that any one of them would have been awesome to start the series off with but honestly with the with the the luck of the wheel i really think this is probably peak canon in the sense of like it's a good one to start with wouldn't you agree donnie i would absolutely hell yeah uh, um, like when, whenever this you know one it was just it was the perfect one to start with yeah um yeah. And that's out of a lot of good ones. Even just the other three that we have, oh, yeah. there's lots we didn't put on there, obviously, you know, just four choices. But, And we'll get to, you know, a lot of them eventually here on this series. But uh, I'll go ahead and add that I'm joined here with uh, Donnie and Will. Hey. And Professor Smoke is still on vacation. He's been on a four-week cruise. Uh, maybe <laughs> we should go and check in on him because he's been gone for a while. So nah, he's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, but he'll, he'll be back sooner or later. So, like, he wasn't here last week when we talked about Deathgasm. And he's not here this week to talk about Over the Top. So, we will get his thoughts and his ratings for these movies, you know, as soon as he gets back off of his uh, luxurious Mediterranean cruise that uh, it, apparently it takes six weeks to, uh, you know, circle circle the globe there. So, he, he must be doing the Around the World in 80 Days trip where he's in a hot air balloon just flying around the world. So, if you look up and see a hot air balloon... Uh, go ahead and wave. It might be the professor. You never know. But he'll be back sooner or later. But we, I'll also explain off the top here, too. We're not going to be doing the normal star rating system for this. We decided instead of stars, we're going to be handing out cannonballs. So that's going to be our official measure for this, the cannonball rating system. Basically the same thing as a star rating, but it's got a cute name, right? That's that's basically the only difference. Also, we should explain that, like, this is a different scale in terms of, like, we're not comparing these any of these canon movies. To, like real legit cinema you know <laughs> they're they're a lot of fun i'm sure if you're listening to this and you know we're all fans of canon so like they're fun but it's a different kind of scale you don't compare these to like citizen kane and godfather and yeah. the ten commandments and stuff like that this is a whole different scale so if we give a higher higher rating on this and you know what you're gonna give over the top like five cannonballs you know like you you understand where we're coming from it's a different kind of sliding scale here uh for canon so um, we're also going to be having a recurring segment with these cannon fodder uh, episodes when we do them. Uh, back in January, I believe it was, we had a, a guest on by the name of Austin Trunick. He wrote the Canon Film Guide, Volume 1. And Volume 2 should be coming out within the next couple months, I believe. He hasn't given a definitive date yet of when that's going to be coming out. But sometime, I believe in the spring or early summer, Volume 2 of that book will be coming out. But we decided since, you know, Canon, he, he's literally like the Canon expert, right? Like, or at least... 
as far as w one that we know of. There's probably not many people on this earth as well-versed outside of maybe some people that work for, uh, you know, the Canon group for many years or something. Uh, there's not going to be many on this planet that are as well-versed in Canon fact, fiction, lore, however you want to phrase it, in the Canon film catalog as Austin Trunick. So we reached out to him, and like I said, you know, t this is going to be a recurring segment every episode. So we reached out to him to get his thoughts on Over the Top, a little bit of tidbit information, and then he gives his rating. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, play that now. Here we go. Austin Trunick here, author of the Canon Film Guide. Oh, I was really excited when I found out you guys were kicking off this series with Over the Top, which is really one of the quintessential Golden Globus Canon features. Of all the truck-driving, arm-wrestling, father-son bonding road trip adventure films out there, I can confidently say that Over the Top is probably the best of them. Now, joking aside, this was one of my favorite chapters to write for the second volume of the Canon Film Guide. Over the Top is one of the longest production histories of anything that Canon produced. The original script actually predates Golden Globus' time at the company, having initially been written as a follow-up to the 1977 vigilante film The Farmer, and was meant to star Gary Conway. When the film stalled out of Columbia, the producers started shopping it around. The script found its way to Menachem Golan, who went gaga for it. This was around 1980. Now, Conway was still considered for the lead for a while, but Golan, who always planned to direct this himself, wanted a bigger star. Conway was given the boot, his consolation prize was getting to play a bad guy in American Ninja 2, and Cannon actually considered Don Johnson for a while, who would soon be starring on Miami Vice, of course. But then Sylvester Stallone entered the picture, and it was all sly from that point forward. Now, Sly's con canon contract for Over the Top was a huge deal at the time. He was one of the biggest stars on the planet in the mid-80s and didn't need to work with a schlock factory like Canon. But they kept offering him more and more and more and more money, and he couldn't refuse when they hit $12 million, which at the time was the most money any actor had been given for a single film. The thing is, though, $12 million isn't the sort of cash Canon kept sitting around. They'd normally have spent that on a dozen ninja movies. Now, they needed at least twice that much, around $25 million, if they wanted to pay Stallone and actually make the movie. Hence, the egregious amount of product placement you see in this movie. Practically every brand you see on screen, every truck, every can of motor oil, every soda, every beer, every battery, every deodorant container you see, that was all paid for. They got the rest of their backing from Warner Brothers, who received some distribution rights for this movie and a bunch of other upcoming canon titles. Warners were also permitted to bypass Stallone's exclusive contract, I'm saying exclusive in quotation marks, air quotes here, their exclusive contract with Canon so they could make Cobra, while Canon was busy raising the rest of their money for over the top. Now, believe it or not, the earlier incarnations of the script were a lot more violent. Sly did the final rewrite of the script, and he actually had a big hand in toning that violence down way, way, way down. He was taking a lot of flack at the time for Rambo being marketed to kids, and he thought this heartwarming, family-friendly movie would help combat that, that, that sort of violent image of him. So, as for my rating, ugh, to be honest, I, I have to admit that my rating scale is probably pretty curved. Anyone who watches a movie like Bolero several times in rapid succession like I have, I, that does some permanent damage to your ability to gauge what a good movie looks like. But I, I love Over the Top. It's one of the essential canon movies, in my opinion. It's one of the biggest, biggest swings that Golden and Globus took during their time at the company. And the soundtrack is great. I think Sly and Dave Mendemal have a nice relationship. The arm wrestling is surprisingly exciting. Plus, it's a canon movie I can watch with my kids and not feel guilty about uh, <laughs> about what they've seen. All the violence, all the ninjas, all the body parts getting ripped off. But if I were to curate a 10-movie canon festival, Over the Top would definitely have to be in there for me. So it's it's that important to their story, and I, th I think it's really fun. So, so uh, I'm going to go five. But again, I am biased. And with that, I am out. Until next time, gentlemen. So there you have it. That's that's the word from the from the expert himself. Uh, no offense to the professor Smoke, but he's kind of the canon professor. Austin Trick yeah. is so. Yeah, I think uh, something something else about uh, Austin is just that you know when when we had our episode with him, everything was just you know very natural. It, it just. It was just a great episode to record. It was, you know, it was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great time talking to him. And, and 
I know we uh, we will have you know, other than these little cannon fodder segments that he you know he's going to tape for us and send them in. We're, we plan on having him on again uh, to do another interview whenever he releases the second volume of the Canon Film Guide. So look look out for that eventually, probably, like I said, sometime in the spring or summer. Uh, we'll get back with Austin. But otherwise, he'll have a recurring little segment here on Canon Fodder. So it's a lot of uh, – he pointed out a lot of cool things there, some that yes. we may or may not have got to. But, like, it is definitely an important Canon movie because it's one of the biggest ones that they released. I don't know how profitable <laughs> it was for them. Prob- it was not. Yeah, it was probably not profitable. Not cr- probably not yeah. profitable at all. But it was <laughs> definitely, like he said, it was a big swing. And, and they tried for something um, that they just couldn't, you know. But but it, it has become, I'd say, uh, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a huge cult movie, but I'd say it has its own little following, right, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's not... I would say anybody, anybody our age. I, I don't know that uh, anybody say 30 or younger has any you know like attachment to this true necessarily true. like we would they wouldn't they would not appreciate it as much as we do because this was probably a movie that we all watched like on saturday matinees you know on local <laughs> tv and stuff and in, in, uh this came out in uh, 1987 but i'm sure like by 88 it was probably already playing in you know on your local tv stations on the matinees and uh definitely rented it at the video store over and over again um, myself, my own personal story with it is my brother is an enormous Sylvester Stallone fan. And so this is probably one of the few opportunities that we will have here on the show to go on a Stallone movie. I don't know how many Stallone movies we'll do here on this podcast, but, you know, because just, just because, I mean, yeah, there's a handful that we'll probably get to off and on, like his action flicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his movies just don't, don't necessarily fall into the genres of a lot. Not of really movies. in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Maybe in cult corner, you know, I'm sure he'll pop up again. <laughs> He's done yeah. a ton of movies, but but yeah, my bro- my brother is a huge Stallone fan. So like, we, we used to rent this one all the time. I remember anytime it was on, we watched it. Um, eventually, like we recorded it off TV or maybe off HBO or something. I think because I don't remember if he owned a co- he probably did own a copy when I was younger, and I just forget. But eventually, we got a hold of a copy, and then like man, it was like in the rotation. Like you know, we had like our ten ten to twelve movies that he and I both would pick, and we'd watch all the time. And this was one of his. So we, I watched the hell out of this movie. Uh, Same growing up. But that being said, for this episode, this this is the first time I sat down and watched this thing in a long time. Even though I've seen it probably got you know a dozen times back in the late '80s and early '90s, I hadn't watched it front to back probably in well over 20 years myself. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have a similar history with it, right, Donnie? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, you know great great memories of uh, me and my brother watching this. Um, you know, it holds a lot of sentimental value, uh, for, for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, th- this was, gosh, man, I've, I've just seen the movie so many damn times that, you know, I, I almost don't have to watch it, you know, <laughs> I felt that I had to watch it because it had been so long, but it was like, everything came, comes flooding back to you. Yeah, yeah, it had been it's... 20 plus years. It was like, oh, I remember all of this, you know, and laughed at the right parts and all that stuff and remembered all the little random shit. I would say it's probably been about 10 years for me. What about you, Some... Will? Will? I'm sure you have oh, yeah, a similar... probably. Yeah, it's probably been longer than that for me. I haven't seen this movie in so long, but just like y'all, I'd seen this like countless times coming up. This seems like one of those ones that used to play on HBO or something like on a constant loop too, right? This has to be one of them. I'm just not directly remembering... Which one of those, like HBO, Cinemax, whatever, something like that. But it seems like one of those ones that just, they got a hold of it and then they just played the fuck out of it. TBS, um, maybe. Yeah, yeah, who knows. But, yeah, it's just one that we watched the shit out of. Even outside of my brother plugging it in. Like, it's like, oh, shit, what's what's coming on at 2 o'clock on the local TV? Yep, over the top. Man, there it is again. You know, like, it just seemed like it was always there. But, um, by, by the way, this, this episode is coming out Easter Monday, so happy Easter. This is the way we decided to uh, <laughs> celebrate Easter is <laughs> the bur- uh, or no the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is celebrated by us watching <laughs> over the over top. The top. <laughs> what what better way to celebrate? I, I guess you know we haven't done it at this point. I'll go ahead and throw it out before we toss the trailer and all the usual shit. Uh, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail dot com. Uh, find us on all the regular social platforms. Go over to our YouTube page where every li- uh, Wednesday night nine p.m. East we do a live show called deadline horror news where we go over the latest horror headlines 
Uh, you can go to TeePublic, go to our shop there and find logo merchandise and other cool designs we have. Uh, go to patreon.com slash Show for uh, all of our uh, 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 cool Patreon exclusives. We have Crapster Peace Theater. We have uh, Spook Show Rewinds. Uh, the professor has written articles, so you don't want to miss any of that stuff over on Patreon. We do video minisodes featuring the library of the professor every Tuesday. Um, so lots of cool stuff over on Patreon when you become a patron there. So help us out. You get lots of cool bonus content. All the links to all this shit are down in the show notes. There you see the Linktree link. Click that, and it'll show you all the links to other these, all these other things. So with that out of the way, I'll go ahead and toss it to the trailer for Over the Top. What are the odds on Lincoln Hawks? Bit? 20 to 1, pal. Be a long shot. Hawks, let's go. The world meets nobody halfway. Remember that. I don't have a father, sir. The world has always bet against Lincoln Hawks. This guy's nothing. Why'd you leave us? It won't happen again. What my grandson found, I don't care how you do it, do it. But a winner never listens to the odds. Whatever happens, I want you to stay with him. Where would we end up? Together is all I can guarantee. You ain't got a prayer in Vegas. You never had anything, so you have nothing to lose. All I want to do is hurt him, cripple him. Get him off the table. All I care about is you. You're my boy, you understand? The world beats nobody halfway. Now is the time to do for yourself. I want you. Over the top, Dad, over the top. Sylvester Stallone, over the top. All right, so there, that's the trailer for that. So I go in, go ahead and go into the background information that I dug up for it here. It was released February 13th, 1987 by the Canon Group, and it was actually distributed by Warner Brothers. Now, apparently that was part of the way they got the funding for this, mm-hmm. was kind of going uh, going in on Warner Brothers. And, you know, that might jive with uh, HBO, because, right, because I think Warner has owned HBO for a long time. So maybe after this, they got the rights to the movie, and then they just played the fuck out of it, you know, along with... Uh, Weekend at Bernie's and, uh, um, you know, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise or whatever. <laughs> it was on a nonstop <laughs> loop. And Mannequin, that, that fucking movie, uh, on a nonstop <laughs> loop on HBO at all times back in the uh, early 90s. It is uh, rated PG. The total runtime is one hour and 33 minutes. By the way, PG for a Stallone movie, that, that this might be one of the few, right? Like, there's not many other than maybe, like, some voices on cartoons or something like that, like... Not very often, especially back then, did uh, Stallone do a PG movie. And that probably goes into what Austin was talking about, how like he's trying to shape his image a little bit and not everything's Rambo or something, so he's trying to lighten it up a little bit. Um, on IMDb, it's listed as an action-slash-drama-slash-sport. This was uh, uh, directed by Menachem Golan himself, the, you know, the, 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 basically the, head, the creative head of Canon Films. Uh, you know, it was Golan Globus that you always saw on the titles of all the canon films and uh it was Menachem Golan and Golan and Yoram Globus who were cousins who you know basically were the 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 heads of the studio for that from what like 1980 or so something like 79 or 80 when they took over all the way until you know canon basically went belly up by like 94 or something like that so all those movies had the the Golan Globus fingerprints all over it it was a screenplay screenplay by Sterling Siliphant and Sylvester Stallone himself, so he actually had a hand in, uh, you know, forming this. Kind of going back to what uh, Austin had to say about it, how you know he kind of toned down the violence a lot in this one, so he had a hand in that. It was based on the story by Gary Conway and David Engelbach. Uh, once again, it was produced by Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. Uh, it stars Sylvester Stallone, of course, in, in the in the main role as Lincoln Hulk. What, what more can you actually say about Sylvester Stallone? We really don't need to go into that. That might yeah. be a spook show spotlight one of these days just because he's one of the biggest actors of, of a generation, right? Definitely yeah. one of the biggest movie stars. Kind of like when we were talking recently on Deadline Horror News about Bruce Willis stepping away. Even if you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily consider Bruce Willis one of the best actors of a generation, he's definitely one of the biggest movie stars of a generation. Huge name. Sure. Huge box office. You put the dude's name on the poster more than likely you're going to sell some tickets to it. Stallone is the same kind of same kind of dude. Um, it also stars Robert Loggia, 
as Jason Cutler. Remember, he's the uh, the estranged, uh, I guess, father-in-law in this film. Um, which we'll get into the movie here in a second. But like, they never. Well, no, I'm not even gonna say. It. I'll save it for a minute from now. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to give the good shit away right away. Um, it also stars. Uh, let's see, Susan Blakely as Christina Hawk. That's uh, you know Stallone's wife in the movie who uh, yeah. uh, passes away. You know, spoiler alert. Rick Zumwalt as Bull Hurley, and uh, David Mendenhall plays the son Michael Cutler. So that that's your main cast. It also has <laughs> a much smaller role of a uh, wrestling legend Terry Funk as Rucker. Um, th- there's a few other names, but not nothing major. Like that, those are your big players. You know. Pe- names of people that you probably would have known um and that's the main cast so that is that uh, um was there anything else uh, uh background wise that you guys wanted to point out that i didn't uh, mention right here so writer david engelbach um he was he was apparently <laughs> he was so upset at the changes that were made to his script because of uh, you know stallone wrote the uh, the final cut mm-hmm. um it when he saw the movie, he, he remembers having tears in his eyes <laughs> while watching the movie. He said, he said the original uh, draft wasn't nearly as dumb as, as, the, uh, as the final, uh, the final film. Um, and uh, it was uh, more wink, about, wink. yeah, right. Yeah. It was, uh, it was more about truck driving and art. It was more about uh, truck driving and arm wrestling than it should have been. <laughs> I just, I thought that was pretty funny, pretty interesting. Well, let's face it, the uh, truck driving and the arm wrestling is why we're even talking about this movie to begin yeah, with. Yeah, like, what else is there? Yeah, like, what well, it's, it's just a heartwarming story about a deadbeat dad after that. Like, I don't want to hear about that. That's boring as shit. <laughs> you, had to, you have to kind of, you know, <laughs> spice it up a little bit with something. I know it's yeah. a loose premise, but still, at least it adds a little... Like Austin said, like, the uh, the arm wrestling sequences are, are more exciting than they have they should be. You know, like... <laughs> There's more drama and excitement with an arm wrestling contest than you would you would really think. I thought I thought this was really random, but uh, Zumwalt was actually paid ten thousand dollars to shave his head for this movie. <laughs> that's wow. awesome. Yeah, that's an easy ten k there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I guess he had a head full of hair before that, and he liked it so much he kept it. Yeah, because I can't now. It's granted, it's from me watching this movie a dozen times. I cannot see that dude. With hair, with a full head of hair, like you'd be like, who the who the fuck is this guy? You know, uh, <laughs> it was shot. I, I did find this. Uh, it was shot for about nine weeks, from June 9th to August fifteenth of nineteen eighty six, and then it wasn't released until February thirteenth of nineteen eighty seven. So, eh, I guess about the usual turnaround time. But it is interesting that it was released the day before Valentine's Day. You know, <laughs> not that this is a big <laughs> summer tentpole movie or anything, but Valentine's no. Day is kind of a weird, yeah. If uh, you know, if Jamie had a Valentine, that would that would be uh, worth <laughs> what they. Yeah. Would. I know where we're spending uh, uh, our Valentine's celebration, honey. <laughs> Watch it over the top. <laughs> Watch over the top. No, another thing I did find um, there was a real over the top, um, you know, type uh, arm wrestling tournament, and the the guy who won it was I, I'm gonna fuck fuck his name up. But um, John Berzink, mm-hmm. um, and he won a truck and you know trailer uh, that was the grand prize in the movie, hmm. and he drove it around the country to promote uh, promote over the top, um, and then like he ended up like I guess a little bit later ended up selling it. He bought a Corvette, um, but the truck also appeared in the movie uh, 1989 movie The Wizard, mm-hmm. which I didn't even realize mm. at all. Um, but on the first appearance, it actually says Hawk trucking on the side. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a few minutes later, the passenger side has like a different name on it. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of other interesting little things to, to point out, there was another thing I almost forgot about the mansion. Remember the, uh, the father-in-law, uh, Jason mm-hmm. Cutler, he has that mansion. That is the Kirkaby mansion. In uh, uh, Los Angeles, right? That is also the same mansion that they used as the Clampett's home in the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, there, there's another interesting connection. So Cannon uh, does uh, connect to the Beverly Hillbillies if that ever comes back up again, which I doubt. 
Um, also, the soundtrack. I also mentioned it briefly. This is an awesome 80s soundtrack. Winner Takes It All, Sammy Hagar. Uh, All I Need Is You by Big Trouble. Even Frank Stallone has a cut on this fucking album. Bad, <laughs> Bad Night by Frank Stallone, of course. Kenny Loggins, Meet Me Halfway. Uh, I Will Be Strong by Eddie Money. So there, there's some names here. You know, a few others. Gypsy Soul by Asia. You know, some some of these were, you know, pretty big uh, bands back in, you know, back during this time period. So uh, they actually did put some effort into, you know, put, <laughs> putting the soundtrack together for the time. I'm sure this was not cheap for them uh, to get put together with some of these names on there. So I thought that was definitely worth mentioning. Um, once again, I wish Smoke was here to, to really dive into this shit. Cause <laughs> this is up his wheelhouse, man. Hurry, hurry, step right this way, folks, for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, taste-tempting candies of finest quality. Enjoy popcorn exploded into tender, delicious, crispy bites of crunchy goodness. Enjoy the tops in cool, refreshing soft drinks. If you want to enjoy some refreshments, this is your opportunity. There will now be a short intermission. I guess we'll go ahead and get into it because it's, it's not a really hard movie to explain. Uh, Lincoln Hawk, Stallone's character, is a truck driver who, on the side, arm wrestles in these... <laughs> who knew there was this many arm wrestling tournaments, you know, around the country? But apparently it's a thing. Or at least back in, uh, you know, 1987 it was. Um, but he arm wrestles, like, on the on the side. It's a side hustle for extra cash. Um, his estranged wife, Christina, um, she has some kind of heart condition or something. Uh, so... Uh, their son, they have a son together named Michael. He's in military school. And I guess he's kind of basically been raised by his grandfather too, because you know, her Hawk not being uh, Lincoln Hawk, not being around Christina being sick and everything. So he's kind of being raised by his grandfather. So he's in military school. And then uh, Christina has Lincoln go pick him up from school just so they can have a relationship. Cause he basically doesn't know his father at all because he left them for some reason. Uh, which we'll get into here in the uh, roundtable discussion here in just a few minutes. Um, so he goes and picks up Michael, and then his, you know, the grandfather Jason. He's 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 pissed because his grandson's gone when he comes to pick him up, and then he learns that Lincoln came and got him. So they so Michael still doesn't trust his dad Lincoln, and they, basically the the big bulk of the movie is just them bonding, right? They uh, mm-hmm. kind of learning to be around each other, learning a little bit about each other, and and you know. Uh, and all that mess. And then eventually they make it back to his mom, Christina, literally like as she had apparently had just died from complications due to surgery. So like he talks to her on the phone and they like show up the next day or whatever. And then like, Hey, where, uh, what room is she in? Uh, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the morgue. <laughs> yeah. She's in the freezer. I'll go get her. Yeah. <laughs> so you know of course michael loses it over this eventually you know he goes back to like i don't want to be around you anymore he goes back to his grandpa lincoln gets arrested for ramming his fucking big rig truck into the front like so like he can't get his son back so he just decides to ram through the damn mansion gates and into the side of the mansion to get him and of course he's arrested um and you know meanwhile like there's this whole custody thing right where like Apparently he has custody because he's his real father, but because he acts like a dipshit and runs his truck into the guy's house, like basically he's in jail and can't get custody of his son. So he basically relinquishes custody, right? It's it's really selfish, honestly. He's just like, well, I'll give up the custody of my kid if you just let me out of here. So he he agrees to it and then immediately just like gets in his truck and just fucking... Starts his one arm workout with the weight. <laughs> back, back to trucking. Wait, fucking. wait, wait! He was lifting weights, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know the old one arm workout. <laughs> 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 so basically, he's just like my focus is going to this big armor, the world arm wrestling championship in Las Vegas. So like, he basically just abandons the fucking you know fighting custody over his son just so he can go to this damn arm wrestling championship because the prize. Is a hundred thousand dollars in cash, and a huge uh, uh, Volvo tractor truck. So that <laughs> that becomes his main focus. Because I guess if he wins this, then he would have enough money to get custody of his kid. I don't know. I don't. I don't to know. Purchase a child. Yeah. <laughs> How much? Well, How much for I the think children? He wanted to start his own trucking company. Yes. That's what he wanted to do. Yeah. 
And then he, but I don't know why like, it's convoluted. I don't know why you'd give up fighting custody of your son to get out so you can go to an arm wrestling contest and earn a bunch of money and then get him back. No, you've already relinquished fucking custody. It didn't work that way. <laughs> there should be a sequel to this that just you know <laughs> that it says like it would it would be about ten minutes long where it's like well he tried for custody and lost the end. Um, <laughs> but he got a new truck anyway. So like he bet he he has like what was it? Uh, there is a part two. It's called Cobra. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> two completely different movies. Um, he sells his truck, his old truck, for seven grand, and then bets that on himself because he's like a twenty to one long shot to win. So I don't know math, but he would make a shit ton of money off of this, right? Not to mention a hundred thousand dollars for winning it and the big ass truck. So he would come out big in the end if he won all of this. Michael, his son, uh, he's like he finally finds like so. Apparently, Lincoln had been writing these letters all these years. They never made it clear whether the mother hid him, hid the letters from him, or the grandfather. One or the other, right? Because it wouldn't in like his mom's shit. I think it was his grandfather. Say, say what, Will? They found it. He found the, the letters in a purse. Yeah, that's what led me to believe, like, wait a minute. Did his mom hide this shit? Did, the da- mm-hmm. did her dad, the grandfather, tell her to hide this shit? Or did he hide this stuff? But either way, Michael wasn't getting the letters. So... He, he hunts around. Like, by the way, it only takes him like five minutes to find these fucking letters. So they, they didn't hide him very well. And the kid, you know, whatever. And he's also doing like a really good search through the house. I'm surprised he didn't come across, uh, you know, some videotapes. <laughs> you mean a box, stuff. A, a box of church stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, he finds the letters. All right, hey, Lincoln does love me. D- Dad does love me. So then he decides to steal a car he can drive. Um, go to the airport, well, catch, catch a flight that's to Vegas. A flashback. That's a flashback to when they were bonding, and he let yeah, he right. let a twelve uh, year old little boy drive a drive an eighteen wheeler across the country. <laughs> He's like, Where, how old is he? Like maybe twelve, thirteen, maybe. Well, it does look like they're in the New Mexico desert. So what's he gonna hit? Right, a fucking cactus. I guess, yeah. or uh, another driver coming the opposite way down. Or maybe they murdered a bunch of people and just left them for dead in the desert. You know, that's a whole other. Yeah, this is actually. <laughs> I mean, this truck is this truck is a Terminator truck. I mean, at this point, it's basically dual. <laughs> Shit. He 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 ran this truck through a, a fence into a building through a, a freaking uh, fountain, and then yep. was still able to get seven grand out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes. Uh, Michael steals one of his grandpa's cars, drives to the airport. Books his own flight to Vegas <laughs> and <laughs> manages somehow all on his own to find his way to the, the uh, arm wrestling competition. Um, of course, Lincoln Hawk advances to the finals where he uh, uh, somewhere along the line, they raise the stakes by Lincoln gets his arm hurt. Right. But he's still able to continue. He eventually gets to the finals and loses. But they keep pointing out this is double elimination, double elimination. Yep. So if he does lose, well, he's still got another shot, right? So he does lose, so he's still got another shot. Meanwhile, uh, in the time that it took Michael to steal the car, drive, fly to Vegas and everything, his grandpa just gets on the private jet and is basically there waiting on him, right, with all of his goons by the time he gets there. So they chase him around a little bit, but Michael's there to watch uh, Lincoln finally get to the finals against Bull Hurley. And, uh, you know, right before the match, they, they have the big tender moment where they hug, and I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can win this, Dad, that kind of moment. And then uh, Lincoln goes up, uh, has the big uh, final competition with Bull Hurley. And like I said, after a long, drawn-out, dramatic arm wrestling competition, the, now over the top, the title of the movie comes from this move that Lincoln <laughs> Hawk does where he just where he just rolls the, his other fingers up over and like basically bends the dude's thumb back and takes him down, right? Which I don't know much about arm wrestling competitions. It seems illegal as hell. Right, <laughs> I could be wrong. Who knows? I'm not an arm wrestling professional. He manages to beat Bull Hurley, wins the tournament, and then uh, uh, they celebrate. Basically, is like taking the new truck. He puts his little hawk off the old truck, you know, the little hood ornament back on the new truck, and uh, uh, I guess they take their winnings and then drive off to start their new life together. The end. So there we go, over the top from 1987. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the first question. All right. Who thought it'd be a good movie just based on the premise? <laughs> the answer, I'm talking more more of a uh, uh, yeah, let's scream like this. The answer is Menachem Golden. The other sub answer to that is Twelve Million Reasons Why Sylvester Stallone would <laughs> would have wanted to make this movie. 
But yeah, I like he said, you know, they changed a lot from the original script that uh, what uh, Gary Conway or David Engelbach or whatever they had done that they were mad about. So God knows what this would have looked like before Stallone got a hold of it, right? Mm. Go, yep. go look, uh, Menachem Golan especially, to put it mildly, from what I understand, was a, a noted star fucker. You know, like he was the kind of dude that wanted to have a big name on the poster. It didn't matter whether the movie was good or not, you know. Hence, a lot of the movies that Cannon made, which we will get into <laughs> over the time we do this. But yeah, serious, uh, and I'm sure Austin can, uh, uh, you know, definitely uh, explain more of that. But like the little bit I know about the situation is that's just the way he was. Like, I don't care. Get this guy. We need a movie with this guy on it. And they would come up with shit. They would come up with premises without a script. And they would sell that. That was just Cannon's way. They would be like, all right, well, a movie about arm wrestling, Stallone. Uh, we're going to call it Over the Top. Sell it. And that's the way they would do it. Like, go. Green light. So that's just the way Cannon did, man. Like, it's just, we'll get more and more into that as time goes on. But so to answer your question, yeah, that, uh, I'd say Menachem Golan thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Stallone, so essentially, Still of Dreams is the story of Cannon. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> Pretty much. If you put Stallone's name on it, and it says Canon, you're going to buy a ticket. You know, is what, I guess what they were counting on. Mm. So, yeah, it's as simple as that. And most of the time they were wrong because <laughs> they didn't make a lot of money. Occasionally they were right. And that, that would uh, fund them to make another handful of piece of shit movies. You know, like that's just the way they operated. Like he said, uh, Austin said, $12 million is normally what they would take to make 12 ninja movies. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, they just threw, that at his, threw this in his lap, and the best idea they could come up with when they had Sylvester Stallone in the room was an arm wrestling movie. <laughs> See, at the very beginning, there's this whole montage where Lincoln is getting ready. He's getting dressed and everything. And he's, he's, like, getting, he's like showering and shaving and shit like in a parking lot, and he's washing his truck and stuff, making it look all spiffy and nice. And then when he drives up to the place to pick up Michael, the truck is still dirty. Like It's like he didn't even touch it. <laughs> How many miles away did he do this? <laughs> <laughs> and that's also where I immediately noticed the mud flaps on the back of the truck. On one side says passing side, and the other one says suicide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was glorious. I think that was my first like laugh out loud moment when I read that. Like, <laughs> we were you know, only, something we were else. Less than I, five uh, minutes into the movie, saw, and something else I saw uh, in the uh, um, just kind of researching a little bit. Um, the writers thought it was a, uh, and whether this was intentional or not, it's still kind of funny, uh, or whether this is true or not. Um, the writers thought it was kind of funny to uh, name uh, Hawk's son Michael, uh, <laughs> call him Mike Hawk. <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Boo! <laughs> yes, tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Now this whole scene towards the beginning where. Uh, He's picked the kid up. They're going down the road, and he's just like, "Hey, can you stop for a second? And the kid like hops out, runs across a busy street, and here comes uh, Lincoln Hawk chasing after him. Mm. How did how did not like one single person like try to stop this from happening? <laughs> this this looks like a child. Abduction. This dude just ran after a kid and tackled him in the middle of the road. Nah, yeah, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Keep driving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some dude screamed out 1987, and then just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you notice right after that too like uh he tackles him there's cars everywhere back and forth and then right after that when he teaches him how to drive the truck there's nobody on the road and it seems like it was only like you know a mile later or something right <laughs> who knows the weird passage of time who knows maybe it was like a day later but so i guess we need to get to the root of it here lincoln hawk like leaving his son and everything Throughout the entire movie, he never gives a good reason why he left. Like, right? He abandoned his fucking wife and kid. The only reason you kind of infer is, well, him and his uh, father-in-law didn't get along. That's it. Yeah. He, he left his wife and kid because he couldn't get along with his fucking father-in-law. Because <laughs> every time he's like, why did you leave? I had my reasons. That was all he ever said, I think. So, like, what the fuck? <laughs> All right, well, we're driving in a truck. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just thought it was you couldn't come up with some good reason. Like, well, I got I got into gambling debt and 
I didn't want to bog y'all down, so I left. You know, something, right? Like, no, he's just like... Something better than that. Yeah, I had my reasons. That was it. I don't like the father-in-law, so I got to go. Yeah. All right, even... well, why, don't, why didn't she go with him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> who's the... Who's Really, it gets to the core. Who's the piece of shit here? Like, there's a lot of pieces of shit in this. <laughs> Lincoln Hawk's a piece of shit. Uh... Uh, the the, the father in law's a piece the of wife. shit. The, yeah, the, the, the wife is kind of a piece of shit. The only one you can't blame is the kid. Don't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> I mean you could all you could almost go the route of uh you know, if you don't want to blame it on Lincoln Hawk. What? Were you pregnant and he was gonna be a truck driver, so you didn't want to be poor? Yeah. I too, too many questions and not enough answers. The only answer you get is, I had my reasons. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it just, it's weak. I mean, the whole thing is weak, but like that one is the one that annoyed me the most. Cause as I'm watching the movie again, I'm like waiting. I think uh, as I'm watching, I'm like, I think maybe he explained somewhere in here why he left. And every time it came up, I had my reasons. It was like, and then you get to the end of the movie and he never explained it. So like, I don't know. I don't know why, why he left, but it, you know, shady. I think he's a piece of shit. But he can arm wrestle, so there's that. That's just one val- <laughs> validating character trait. Yeah, you know, character flaws. Yeah. Is <laughs> the offsetting penalties? Second yeah. down. <laughs> offsetting. <laughs> uh, towards the end, at the uh, the the big arm wrestling uh, uh, throwdown or whatever, all these random characters, these guys that are arm wrestlers, the foobar guy. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> foobar guy was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure from this movie, I figured out what FUBAR stands for. (laughs) Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was another Stallone classic, Tango and Cash, that uh, explained what FUBAR is. And it's (laughs) fucked up beyond all recognition. Yeah, that guy. and (laughs) He drank motor oil for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) bro. Like product placement. Yeah, and then it shows him like eating an Alka Seltzer after that, like <laughs> drinking. And imagine some, after that he lost. Yeah, drinking some Pepto Bismol because he just drank a fucking quart of oil for no reason. <laughs> I was I was just upset that he didn't make it to the final four. That that was the only uh, beef I had with it. Is that he should, Fubar guy should have been in the final four. <laughs> I wish yeah, if you I, just looking at the size of the half of those people. It really didn't match up. No, <laughs> no, especially think, e- even with Stallone winning it. Like, dude, a dude the size of Bull Hurley would rip his arm off and shove it up his ass in a real <laughs> arm wrestling contest, right? Well, the messed up thing is, uh, I, I read somewhere that the original guy that was supposed to be him hmm. was so massive that nobody would believe yeah. that 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 this would actually happen. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Well, I could barely believe that it was Bull Hurley, so I can only imagine, right? You know, I can't believe that a guy of Stallone... And Stallone's a big dude, especially back then, right? And his, you know, his fucking movie prime or whatever. Big dude. That Bull Hurley was like two of him. Yeah. You know, so I can only imagine another guy bigger than that. It would look (laughs) even worse. Absolutely. It's Brock Lesnar back in the 80s. Yeah. Or that guy that played the mountain in Game of Thrones. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. That dude's like a legit, like, strongest, tough man in the world or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, rip his arm straight the fuck off. Then drive his truck away and take his kid. Um, That's a completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> one, one random note that I, that I made there. Uh, his name is Lincoln Hawk. But then so many people throughout the movie say Hawks. Like, they add an S onto it for some reason. Hey, Hawks! You notice that? Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's it's random, but like, what the fuck? Like, the dude's name's Hawk. It's in the script. Why do they keep saying Hawks? Was there two different scripts? <laughs> that's pro- that's very possible with canon here. You know, <laughs> the guy's <laughs> name was Hawks, and then it pre- in the middle of production they changed it to Hawk, and then they yeah, fuck it. We're not editing that well, out. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> no one will ever notice this in 2022 on a random podcast. <laughs> So I guess the only thing left to really talk about, unless you guys got something, is the ending. Like, what do you think of the, the whole feel-good ending here? Like, he wins an arm wrestling contest, and then, like, he had decided to give up custody of his kid, right? Like, yeah. he's like, no, he's yours, basically. Let me out of jail. 
And then when he wins, that all goes away. And the only confirmation of that you get is it cuts to the grandfather shaking his head like, yep. Yeah. Oh, well, I just lost the fight. Like, I don't think that dude would give up that easily. After everything he just went through, cross-country flights and everything, multiple times, all this shit, to just watch the dude win an arm wrestling contest. And he's just like, yep, I accept my fate now. No more fighting for me. I'm behind all these goons, but through the course of this movie, you've seen that they're worthless. So I guess I got no recourse. (laughs) And the one that was supposed to be the badass, Terry Funk, he just like punches him and throws him through a plate glass window. (laughs) All the rest are totally useless. (laughs) Well, you know, they didn't have lawyers and and whatnot back in the day. So yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Oh yeah. 1987. They had them. Yep. And they had It was a thing. Uh, so I guess that's enough. Uh, <laughs> we will get Smoke's <laughs> thoughts on this and everything. I'm sure he's got plenty to add there. But uh, yeah, that it, it, it's it's a classic. I mean, I, you know, I know we had our fun with it here, but like I, I think we're all gonna uh, give fairly good praise to it. So we'll we'll start with you, Donnie. How many cannonballs? Oh man, it's God. You know, we've uh, we've already you know kind of went through. Kind of what this, uh, what this, you know, what over the top means to us, you know, uh, um, just the everything that we've already discussed. Uh, I've got to start it off uh, on a high note. Uh, I'm going to agree with Austin. I'm, I'm going to give it five cannonballs. Will, what's your what's your first cannon fodder, cannonball rating? Well, I think going through this movie, you know, seeing all the holes in the story, just the ridiculous of it. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to sit on a very hard five. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling this is going to be the opposite effect. Considering I know that there are a lot of canon movies that are way worse than this one. I'm going to go five because there's probably not going to be a whole hell of a lot that are any better than this. There might be a few, but probably not a lot. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to stick with you guys. I'm going to go with five cannonballs. So, um, Once again, it's a different scale from what we normally do, so it's going to be hard, you know, just because it's hard to compare it to anything else. But over on IMDb, I'll mention this right before we uh, tap out, it got a 5.8 out of 10 stars, and on Rotten Tomatoes, 32% on the tomato meter, surprise, surprise, and, 40, and 49% on the audience score. So, you know, once again, unsurprising. Um, yeah. split audience, you know, fair score, but the, the critics knew, no, <laughs> not so much. So yeah, Donnie, you know, we normally do the crypt connections, but for here, it's going to be Canon connections. So what do you got for us? Canon connections. Yeah. So, um, uh, Golan and Globus, you know, obviously, uh, they're, they tie it. Even though that this is our uh, this is our first um, uh, cannon fodder episode, uh, they both of them uh, actually go back to um, New Year's Evil and Ten to Midnight, and there's also several stuntmen that um, that actually connect back to. Uh, there's eight other uh, previous uh, Spook Show episodes. Um, that also were so these stuntmen were also in over the top as well as these past spook show episodes. Um, uh, the Return of the Living Dead, Maximum Overdrive, Halloween from 2018, uh, Never Too Young to Die, Critters, The Hitcher, The Monster Squad, and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh, god, yeah. Uh, one <laughs> of the uh, stuntmen was uh, Ace Freely's stunt double in there. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's all we a lot, got. A lot of those movies that they were connected to there are, are kind of unsurprising. Some are like, oh, that's interesting, like Halloween or something. But like, yeah, that this is connected to Never Too Young to Die, Critters, some of those movies. Yeah, that's totally unsurprising. <laughs> Even though those weren't canon movies, they feel like canon movies. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> not not surprising at all. Um, so there you have it. That's our first edition of uh, Cannon Fodder. Uh, like I said, I wish Smoke could have been here for this one because I know he he's a huge Cannon fan, huge fan of Over the Top. So you know, but we'll get his thoughts first chance you know we get when he comes back off of his uh, around the world in eighty days balloon ride. Uh, we'll we'll get with him and see what he you know get his Cannonball ratings and 
and everything else. So as far as next week is concerned, it's Donnie's choice in the rotation of horror movies. And he chose Phantasm from 1979. So I'll go ahead and read the brief IMDb synopsis on that. A teenage boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man who employs a lethal arsenal of unearthly weapons. So it's not necessarily the, the jumping point of a series, although who knows, we might love it enough to kind of make that the, uh, you know, the, the next series that we do after uh, Hellraiser. But uh, we will be doing Hellraiser 3 coming up pretty soon because the way we're doing this new rotation thing, we kind of have to reset it with the old new or whatever going back and forth. So I think right in the middle there, we're going to be slipping in Hellraiser 3 here pretty soon. So we'll be get back, getting back to that series. But next up is Phantasm. So look forward to that. Um, this has been a blast doing the first cannon fodder. Hopefully it's the first of many to come. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have some interesting choices. And uh, after we do uh, um, Phantasm, we're going to be doing our next Cult Corner episode. So be on the watch, you know, for what we're going to be doing there. We'll announce it on the social medias and, and you know, uh, we'll probably spin the wheel, make the deal, just like we did for this Cannon Fodder episode over on Deadline Horror News. Um, so you want to watch that for whenever we spin the wheel to see what the next Cult Corner is going to be. That will be episode 106 to, to kick off the month of May. So you don't want to miss a thing. Got plenty of stuff going on. And then don't forget, you know, we'll mention it here because we've only briefly mentioned it. This summer, we're going to have a series called Camp Spook Show. So you don't want to miss that. It'll be here before you know it. So we got big things to announce, big things planned for that. So that, that's going to be a cool series coming up, probably starting around you know the beginning of the month of June for the summer. So that'll be the summer, the summer edition. Lots of cool stuff cooking, as always, on the stove here at the Spook Show. So for Smoke, who's uh, on his vacation, and for Donnie and for Will, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Horror Podcast, and we will talk to you next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.